So it's been said that we're all on a spiritual journey. And if I went around the room and asked each of you, um, each of you where you are in your spiritual journey, there'd be a lot of different responses. Um, if I asked more specifically where you are in your journey as it relates to Jesus, the, the responses would vary as well. And so I want to say no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, um, whether you believe in God, you're not sure if you believe in God, you believe in Jesus, follow him, um, then we're glad you're here, wherever you are, we're glad you're here. You could be here, you could be given Christianity one last chance, you could be convinced it's untrue, and you got drugged here by a friend or something, um, you could think that your acceptance by God is up to you, you may have been burned by Christians in the past, and, um, but I want to say to you that the fact that you're here tonight is not an accident, I believe that uh, that the fact that you're here tonight is not an accident. And the fact that you're here tonight means that God's working in your life. And so I would encourage you to not ignore that, to not ignore that he's working in your life. Um, so uh, there's just a lot, of, there's a lot of questions you have about Jesus that you may have about Jesus that you doubts you may have. We're not going to answer all those tonight. We might, we'll probably answer a lot of them over the course of the semester. So if you keep coming back, you'll hear from different people. Um, Ashley mentioned getting involved in the church. We're going to have a lot of different local pastors that come in that speak a lot of weeks. Um, Ashley is actually going to speak next week. And um, so you'll get to hear from a lot of different people. Um, but, but one reason that we're here is because we, you may have seen on a sign out front it, that one of our crew, like taglines or whatever, is journey together. We believe that, that we're on this earth to journey together. It's not just a um, we're not supposed to be lone rangers um, or just on our own, um, even spiritually. We're here to do this together, and so that's what we want to do with crew um, is journey together. So um, so how many guys have lost something since you've been here in college? How many guys have lost something? Brooks lost something. Okay, yeah, a few of y'all. A few of y'all has lost something. Sorry, Brooke, you're the first hand I saw. Um, I lose this water bottle all the time. So if you see this water bottle around campus, come find me because I leave it everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I lose stuff a lot. I was just talking with somebody earlier about something I lost. They found for me, actually. But um, we're going to read a passage in the Bible um, where it just talks about things that are lost, things that are lost that are really valuable, way more valuable than my water bottle. Um, so we're going to read a passage from the Bible. So I'm going to tell you just a little bit about what we, what we think about the Bible while, we, while we're using this. But So the basis of what Christians believe is found in the Bible um, and we believe that it is written by human authors, but supernaturally um, inspired by God. And the reason is, is that we believe that God has revealed himself in the Bible to his people. Um, so if you have more questions about that, you can come find one of us. Also, we have um, copies of the Bible um, out in the lobby for free. So if you don't have a paper copy of the Bible here and you'd like to get one, come pick one up for free uh, in the lobby before you leave. So... Um, so in the passage we're going to read, Jesus and his disciples are on a journey, and they're actually traveling to Jerusalem, and it's the last time he's going to travel to Jerusalem. And um, the disciples don't know this yet, but the end of their journey is going to end in Jerusalem, and that's where Jesus is going to be crucified, okay? Um, so on this journey, he is teaching about um, a, just a phrase that he uses a lot. He's teaching about the kingdom of God. And so he is explaining what, what is the kingdom of God, what it's like. And so he's trying to get people to understand what it's like. Because they have one idea in mind, but it's not really what it is. Okay? So, so we're going to read um, a passage in Luke 15. And um, so 
in Luke 15, verse 1 and 2, I'm going to go ahead and read that. It says, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him, and the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. Um, and then, I don't think I have this for you, but verse 3 says, So he told them this parable. So here's what's going on here. There's, um, there's some tax collectors who are not, uh, you know, they're not revered in society. People don't like them. There's also, also some, some people that the religious leaders have said they're sinners, okay? And so they're, they're, drawing, they're drawing near to Jesus to hear him teach. And they're, the, the religious leaders, the Pharisees and the scribes, they're not happy about it because they're like, you know, you shouldn't be with these people. They don't deserve, they don't deserve to be around you. And so Jesus' response to them is he's going to tell them three parables, okay? So we're going to read the last one, but, um, but I'm going to explain what the first two are for you. So he tells them these three parables. The first parable is that there is there's a guy who has 100 sheep. One of them wanders off and gets lost, and so the guy leaves the 99 sheep, goes and finds the sheep, comes back. He's so happy he finds the sheep. He has a party, celebrates. All right, the second parable is there's a woman that has 10 coins that are, I guess are very valuable, and she loses one of them, and so she only has nine, and she, she searches her whole house like frantic, you know, moving furniture, looking under her bed, sweeping, and she finds the lost coin, and she's so happy that she throws a party and celebrates. So, so what you need to know about these first two parables is there's something lost that's valuable, it's found, they celebrate, okay? Something lost. It's found, so they celebrate. So what do you think the third parable might be about? Something lost, something found, and celebrating. Okay, yep, maybe so, we'll see. All right, so we're going to read the last one. And um, so let's see. All right, yep. Okay, so we're going to start in verse 11, and we're going we're gonna to just kind of read through this, and I'll stop along the way and explain a few things and, and stuff like that. So, so in verse 11, he says... Um, and he said, there was a man who had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the share, the share of property that is coming to me. And he divided his property between them. So he said, hey, Dad, I want to go ahead and get my inheritance from you, even though you're still alive. <laughs> I want your inheritance from me. So how do you think that went over? Uh, not super well. It's basically saying, if you, if you go and ask your parents, like, hey, can I get my inheritance early? It's kind of like, I wish you were dead. I just want your stuff, all right? So, so that's what he did. And so it would have been a, a big deal back then. It's a big deal now. Um, not really sure why the son, son does this. I think we're going to get some clues here later. Um, so let's keep reading. Verse 13, it says, Not many days later, the son gathered all he had and took a journey into a far country and there he squandered his property in reckless living and when he had spent everything a severe famine arose in that country and he began to be in need so he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed pigs and he was longing to be fed with the pods that the pigs ate and no one gave him anything so all right, so in order to take advantage of this inheritance, okay, so back then, if his, if his dad was really wealthy, it, mean, it probably meant he had land, okay? So, he, so his dad gave him some acreage, and he said, and so he sold it, okay? So he sold part of the family's land. I don't know how many of you guys grew up on land. I grew up out in the country with 100 acres, and my brother had, like, said to my dad, hey, 
give me, give me 30 acres, and then he sold it. I'd have been ticked, all right? So, um, so he sold part of the family farm, essentially, and uh, took the money, and, uh, and he went and squandered it, and he went into a far-off country. Um, I don't know. This isn't super, super uh, applicable here necessarily or huge application, but I wonder in a room this size, I wonder if how many of you picked UNCW because it's far from home, trying to get, trying to get far from home. Maybe, um, maybe so. So things didn't go as planned. So it says he wound up feeding the pigs, okay? So this was a Jewish audience. Um, so pigs were considered unclean. So Jewish people wouldn't have had pigs. There'd have been no reason to raise, to raise pigs or have pigs already or anything like that. So, so basically this is the worst job imaginable to Jesus' audience, these Pharisees, okay? Um, how, many, how many of you have done a dirty job, a really dirty job before? I mean, you say, oh, a lot of y'all. All right, cool. My, so my brother actually worked in a hog house when I was growing up. He was like six years older than me, and he, would, he liked to torment me. He would, he would come in and make me smell his hand. It was horrible. But yeah, so my brother did that. I actually worked in a chicken house um, in high school and stuff too, so that was, a, that was a dirty job. So think about the dirtiest job that you've had or the dirtiest job you can imagine. That is what this guy's doing. And he says he longed to be fed um, with the pods the pigs ate. So I would say he's in rock bottom at this point, right? I don't know what his plan was, but he was like, man, life is going to be great if I can get away from my dad, get away from my brother. I can be on my own. I can have my own money and do my own thing. And it did not go. It did not go as planned. So let's see what happens. Uh, I'm going to take a drink of water. Then we're going to see what happens. All right. Okay, so verse 17, he says, But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion. Oh, wait. I went farther than I wanted to. All right, that's cool. Uh, so, and he arose and came to his father. Um, so, we'll just pretend we didn't read the rest of that yet. All right. So, uh, so he came to his senses. All right. So he says, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna rise and go to my father." He says, "I've, I've screwed up," um, and he doesn't think his father ex- is gonna accept him. So he says, "I'm gonna work. I'm gonna earn my way back." Um, and so he gets his speech ready. Right. Um, how many of you guys have ever, like, have ever kind of come to your senses like this guy did, and, and, you, you, and you know you've got to come, and you've got to apologize, and you've got to try to, like, restore the relationship, and you get your speech ready um, and stuff like that. So that's, that's what he is. That's what he's doing. He's got his speech ready, and it's probably a long journey, okay? He's coming, he's coming home, and, um, you know, he's like, well, what's going to happen? You know, what's going to happen? What's, what's my dad going to do? Um, so, let's, uh, let's keep reading. Um, all right. But while he was still a long way off, his, his father saw him and felt compassion and ran and embraced him and kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quickly, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet. And bring the fattened calf and kill it, 
And let us eat and celebrate, for this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. Um, and they begin to celebrate. So there's a lot going on here, but I don't think the son expected the father to welcome him like this, right? Um, he doesn't even get to finish his speech. You know, the father just cuts him off. And uh, he, just, he just starts talking to his servants and says, hey, bring all this stuff, all right? So he brings a robe, okay? It means he's, he's covering him. Um, it, means he's, it means he's putting clothes on him. Uh, the ring, it means he's reinstating him in the family. Like right off the bat, he doesn't even hear what happens. And he reinstates him in the family. Um, the shoes signify he's being brought out of poverty. Um, and then the fattened calf, um, celebration. You know, when I, when I read this, I think, about, I think about a pig picking. How many of you guys have been to a pig picking? Yeah, you know, think about, think about that kind of celebration. He's like, he's killing, he's killing this animal that's going to feed dozens and dozens of people that they would have, like, invested in raising. And uh, I about knocked that over. Um, and, and they're going to have a celebration. Um, and the father is so joyous because he didn't know if he's ever going to see his son again, you know. Um, to him, you know, he says, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And, and so they begin to celebrate. Um, all right, so let's, that's not the end of the story. We're going to keep going here in a minute. But let's, let's talk about this for a second. Let's talk about the younger son and how, how we're like him. Because um, anytime you're reading the Bible, one, a few good questions to ask. One, one good question to ask is what I learned about God from this passage. And we're going to talk about that. Um, another, good, another good question is what I'll learn about myself um, in this passage. And so, you know, what are some things we can learn about ourselves from the younger son? Um, one is that we all rebel against God. Um, we all, in a sense, say, I want my own life. I want to be in charge. Um, I don't want anybody to tell me what to do, including God. I know what's best for me. I'm going to do what I want to do. And we, and we all do that. And, and that, is, that is the essence of, of what the Bible calls sin. It's saying, hey, I'm going my own way, whether it is like, um, whether it is like uh, overtly rebelling against God or it's just saying, you know what, I don't need God. You know, I'm just going to do my own thing. Um, that is the essence of what the Bible calls sin. Um, so another thing that we, uh, another way that we're like the son a lot of times is a lot of us think that we can earn our salvation. We can earn our way back to God. Just like, just like he thought when he came to his senses. He said, hey, I'm going to be a hired servant. Um, because God's not going to accept me back, or because the Father's not going to accept me back. Um, so the son thought he was going to find life and contentment in gaining his independence and in being in control of his own life, but it let him down. And some of you guys now, i got to think, again, in a room this size, some of you think, man, okay, I am finally out from under mom and dad, and I'm finally in control. And you can do what you want. You can go, go where you want. You don't have to answer to anyone. Um, until maybe parents weekend or spring break or something, but um, but you but you're um, some of you are thinking that you're going to find contentment in that, um, and I think we can learn from the younger son that that ultimately that's going to let us down. Um, so if you hadn't figured it out yet, in the story, the father is the heavenly father. I didn't explain this earlier, but a parable, a parable isn't a story that actually happened. It's just a story that Jesus told to prove a point. And so it's like an allegory. And so the father in this story 
um, is our Heavenly Father, okay? And so, and so that, is how, that is how the Father cares for you, um, the way that he cared for the younger son um, in the story. The Father is longing for every one of us to come to our senses and to, and to stop running and to stop trusting in the things that we think are going to bring us happiness and contentment um, and to run to him. That is, that is one thing that we can learn about God uh, from this story. Um, so, all right, let's keep reading. Because, so we've had, so already we've had something lost, right? And it's been found, and there's a celebration, but the story isn't over. Interesting. All right, one thing I forgot to include in that, in that uh, cycle is it's lost, and there's a search, and it's found, and there's a celebration. So I don't think we've seen our search yet. Um, so let's keep going. 25, uh, it says, Now his older son was in the field, and, and as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what these things meant. And he said to him, Your brother has come, and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. His father came out and entreated him. I think that's our search. I think the father leaving the party and coming out is our search. His father came out and entreated him, but he answered his father, Look, these many years I have served you, and I have never disobeyed your command. Yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to him, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. So he even repeats that, repeats that refrain that he was, he was dead and is alive, is lost and is found. He's trying to get his older son to see. So there's a lot in here. But, but I think the search, I think the search is the father leaving the party to come and talk to the older brother and saying, hey, come on in. But notice how, you know, the older son gives him a speech, right? The older son gives him a speech. I wonder if he's dreamed about, yeah, if my brother comes back, this is what I want to tell him. And so he tells his father this speech. But notice even how, the, how, they, how they're referring to the younger son. You know, the father's saying, hey, this is your brother. And his bro the brother's like, nope, it's your son. This son of yours, no way, no way. Um, so the, the older son in the story, he's only hurting himself. Um, with his bitterness, and he's taking joy away from the Father. Um, yeah, he's, he's only hurting himself. So, so often, you may have heard this parable talk growing up, and they may have ended with the, older, with the younger son, or they may have like really focused on the younger son. But, you know, so people teach as if this parable is on the younger son. But, but what's happening here is Jesus is telling these religious leaders He's saying, you're the older brother. Like, you're the older brother, and you're the one missing it. You are missing out, is what he's telling them. Um, he's equating them uh, with the older brother. So, see, um, the gospel isn't about just following all the rules and checking all the boxes like these religious leaders do, like maybe some religious people that you've known do. Um, Christianity is not about that. It's not about obeying the Ten Commandments. It's not about, hey, having to pray before your meal. It's not about, 
you know, voting for a certain party. It's not about, um, you know, saving sex or marriage um, or any of that stuff. But the gospel is about, and Christianity is about the fact that God created us and he loves us and he wants us to know him. That's what it's about. And also, because sin screwed up that relationship between us and God. You know what it also did? It screwed up the relationship between us and other people horizontally. And that's also what Christianity is about, is reconciliation in our world among other people. Um, See, we're all, the, the Bible says that we're all created in the image of God. I'll explain what that means real quick. The image of God means that God has given you some of himself, okay? So you saw the picture of my kids. I don't know how good y'all can see it, but if you look really closely, they look like me, all right? And they look like my wife in some kind of weird way. They look like both of us. Um, But they look like us. So it's like they're almost like in my image, in my and my wife's image. And so when God created us, we, we look like him. We have some of his attributes, okay? We are, um, we, he's given us the ability to create and to, and to rule and, um, and to just, you know, to have some of his attributes. Um, and, and so that means that we're incredibly valuable to him, you know? I mean, how valuable do you think my kids are to me, you know? Like, that is how valuable we are to God. Actually, way more. We are way more valuable to God than my kids are to me. Um, so, so here's the thing, though, is that the older brother in this story, he's, he said, I'm better than him. I'm better than my younger brother. He said, he said I'm supreme. Like, look at me, Dad. Like, I am, I am your better son. He doesn't deserve this, you know? Um, gosh, like, how many people in this room or even on this campus have had, um, have had older brothers around them who have done that, who have said, you're nothing, you know? That's what John said was talking about earlier. There were a lot of older brothers in his life that did that to him. Um, you know, Christians have done that. You know, our society has told us that our value is, is based on what we look like, the success we have, um, the color of our skin, um, our gender. Um, and unfortunately, a lot of Christians have done this. And so I want to I speak on a couple of these things specifically. Like, I want to tell you that God created your, your skin color and your ethnicity the way it is. He created you that way. And that is part of the image of God. That is the way, that is part of the way you reflect the image of God. Um, he created your, he created your gender the way you are. Created you, uh, he created some of your, your talents, um, a lot of your likes, dislikes. Um, he has made you the way he wants you to be, and you're incredibly valuable to him. Um, whether you're, whether you're Hispanic, you're white, black, Asian, native, man, woman, um, he created you that way, and you're valuable. And I want to say this, too, that you're, you're welcome here at Crew, wherever you are um, with that. Um, I want to say, too, um, especially to people of color in the room, gosh, we're so glad you're here. It is, it is not easy, um, if you're a person of color, to come to a predominantly white 
um, college and then, come, and then come to a predominantly white organization meeting. And I want to say you're welcome here. We're not perfect. We're not going to do everything right, but we're working hard um, to make sure that you're welcome here and that you have a place here. And we would love for you um, to stick around and, and get involved with us. So, um, so we all like, are tempted to justify our standing before God um, and to try to earn his blessing the way the, way the, older, the, the, way the older brother um, is doing here. We, we all are tempted to think that, hey, the gospel is how we begin the Christian life, but it's really, it's really how, we, how we continue the Christian life. Um, we, we have to continue. Um, like, I still need Jesus right now uh, as much as I did, you know, 20 years ago or whatever it was when I became a Christian. Yeah, I became a Christian 20 years ago. Wow. Um, 20 years ago. And so to the older son, you know, the father is saying, hey, lay down your record and celebrate. Like, lay that down. Like, forget that speech and come in and celebrate your brother um, who was lost. So even, even the person, um, even the person who is the oppressor God loves, you know, in this story, um, he's even going after the older brother, um, who's probably the one who drove the younger son off in the first place. Um, but a, a, a couple of things we learn about God is that God cares more about you as a person. You know, we sang earlier, he knows your name, you know, like, yeah, he knows your name. That means way more than just your name that he knows. Um, he cares way more about you than what, than what you can do, than your performance, than your record, because, because your record is not enough, no matter how good it is, no matter how good it is. We don't deserve to know God. Um, and so, so Jesus is trying to get them to see that the, the kingdom of God is not like anything that they imagine, that it's really upside down. It's countercultural. We can't do enough good things. We can't perform enough. Jesus actually says that, um, that the first will be last and the last will be first. He turns it completely on his head. Um, so I, I, heard a guy, I heard a guy say this this summer, this guy on staff with crew. He said this. He said, Jesus didn't come to make bad people good, but he came to make dead people alive. All right? He didn't come to make bad people good. He, made, he came to make dead people alive. Um, and so that's true. That's true physically. I mean, we're all going to die. And Jesus came so that we can, we can become alive even after we are dead. But it's more than that. You know, some of you guys, some of you in this room are dead. You're, you're dead in the way the, lost, the, the younger son was, and you're chasing independence. Um, it could be money. It could be relationship. But, but if it's not Jesus that you're chasing and that you're trying to fill that, that hole in you with, then... Um, then it's, it's not going to satisfy. And, and he came to make you alive spiritually. And to you, he says, come and run to me and, um, and receive me. Um, if you're somebody who's been hurt by a Christian or a church that looks like the older brother in this story, I just want to say to you that I'm, I'm truly sorry. And Unfortunately, Christians often can look like the older brother in this story, and I want you to know that Jesus is not like them, and they, and they need Jesus. Now, some of you are dead the way the older son was dead. You know, you, you can follow all the rules and still be dead, too. 
Um, he, he also loved the father stuff more than he loved his father, right? But he, it just played out a different way. Um, because he didn't love the thing that the father cared about. Like the father cared about the younger son coming home, but the older son did not care about that. And so if we, if we don't care about the things the father cares about, do we really love the father? Jesus, in this story, he's begging the Pharisees to join the search party for people who are far from God so that they could come enjoy the celebration. And so Jesus is saying to you through this story that all people are valuable to him, even people that you think you're, you're better than. Um, and he wants us to love people the way that he does. Um, that's one way I'll describe crew. Uh, crew, we're a search party. That, that's what we're about. We're about this gospel message, message that I've talked about tonight, and we're about being the search party and going out and telling people this news and saying, hey, there's a God. He created you, and he loves you, and he wants you to know him. Do you want, do you want to come meet him? That's, that's what crew's about. Um, and, and this changes everything about, about life. Um, and it's news that requires a response. And I shared this illustration last year, and I kind of, I kind of uh, hesitate to, but uh, I shared this illustration last year. The, the gospel is news in such a way that if you got news that there's a Category 5 hurricane coming toward Wilmington, like you cannot, you cannot just ignore the news and not do anything with it. You've got to decide to stay. You've got to decide to go. I literally used this illustration last year. I'm not superstitious, though, so, you know, we're good. Um, but you got to decide, yeah. In like two weeks, if we get news of a hurricane coming, you got to figure it out. You know, you got to decide what you're going to do. Um, and that's how the gospel is. It, it is. it is news that, hey, we've been rescued. There's a way to know God. There's a way to be rescued and forgiven from our sin. Um, and so that's what it is. So, hey, let me pray. Um, actually, before I pray, I'm going to say this. Um, if you, if you feel like that you, you, don't know, uh, you don't know God yet, that you uh, have not come to him like this younger son did, um, even if you grew up in church, you can grow up in church and still be lost. Um, even if you haven't made a decision to know Christ for yourself, um, I, want you to mark, I want you to mark on, that, on your card. We, we gave you these cards in front of you. I want you to mark on the card that you'd like to talk to somebody about that um, or come and talk to me or one of the crew leaders about it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and I'm actually gonna I'm gonna pray a sample prayer that you could you could pray right now with me if you want to receive Christ. So, um, so yeah, so we'll do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray a sam uh, I'm gonna pray a prayer that if you want to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, you can pray that along with me now. Um, so, Lord, thank you so much for um, the Bible, for your Word. Thank you that you um, created us, that you love us. Um, Lord, that you know, you know us, um, you know our deep, deepest, darkest secrets, you know our greatest joys, and um, so if you're in here tonight, you can just pray this with me, um, Father, um, Lord, I've sinned, um, and I have, I have tried to be my own God, I've tried to go my own way, and um, I have thought that I could, I could live life without you, and I could be independent, and I want to turn away from all of that, um, Lord, I want I want to ask forgiveness um, for that, and uh, Lord, I want to receive you um, as my Lord and Savior. Um, Lord, thank you that you died on the cross um, to save me from my sins. Um, Lord, um, thanks for everyone in this room. Lord, I pray that you would continue to work in all of our lives. Um, 
Lord, as we leave this place, God, um, I pray that you would continually remind us of your love for us um, and of what you did for us. And I pray in Christ's name, amen.